going to take uh, today and also Wednesday, and then we've got an extra week there in the quarter that I was going to do a study on uh, some thoughts on the providence of God, and I still want to do that. But at the very worst, I'll have you handouts for that so you can study on your own at the, at the Word. But we're down now to the real, I hope, the real practical <coughs> stuff uh, of this quarter. At least that's the, that's the plan. So um, I just want to finish just a little bit from, from, from uh, Wednesday night. And it'll be the, uh, it says books to help in Bible study. That, that, I'm going to take like five minutes, hopefully. <coughs> Not much more than that. And um, know that these 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 are suggestions. These are suggestions. These are these are books that I have in my library, among among many others. But these are um, are, are good conservative writers, commentators that, that we've talked about. And I'm just looking this morning. Um, I, and I brought some here. This is the Strong's Concordance, which probably a lot of you have already. What, what, what's, what's the date on that? Now, right up here. Uh, 3372. Okay, so I've had that a while. <laughs> it's the first book I ever bought after we were married, and I was trying to get my life back on the right, the right way, and it had not been for several years. And a preacher friend of mine said, you, you, you need that book. That's an awful big book, um, but every word in the in the Bible is is here and tells you where to find it. It's really good. And like we said Wednesday night, this is not leisurely. Like you don't sit down. I think I'll start with page one, and I'll go through all of this. Well, good luck on that one. It's yeah. like the phone. Yeah, book. It's, that, yeah. It's, like, it's like a phone book. It's Mitch Strong. Open it up and so they can see Mitch. When you, when you start looking at at, at that. It's key to the King James. So if you've got an ESV, there's a lot of words in ESV you're not going to find in there. Okay. That's a good point, too. And that's why sometimes you, there are these Bibles that you can get with, and on your uh, apps and things with different uh, King, the old King James says this word, new King James is this word, and so on. So you may have to use that. That's a good point, Don. But you can see... <laughs> Uh, even when I was younger, had good eyes. But, uh, uh, but but that's an awfully good one. Of course, you can get these things online. I just like books. I like to lay them out on my desk. I've got a desk this way. I've got a desk this way. And I've got a. I just like that. But if you like the app, it's okay. I know I'm a, a dinosaur. I get it. Uh, also, there's one called. It's by Pfeiffer. Excuse me, Baker's Bible Atlas. Uh, this is awfully good. Um, it's got all the maps, and it, you know the maps during during the captivity and all of these things. Uh, Baker's Bible Atlas. And it's got some pictures of, of ruins and pictures of you know that kind of thing. Um, that's an awfully good good one too. These three, in, in my opinion, uh, if you can only have enough money to get three, you want you want those three. Uh, you the dictionary. Oh, the dictionary. <laughs> this this is a this is a weekend read too. W. E. Vine, New Greek New Testament uh, New Testament words of uh, the original Greek. W. E. Vine, and this has got the noun form, the verb form, 
you know, all of the different forms, and it tells you uh, what it meant 2,000 years ago when this Bible was written. And it will tell you, like, it, for example, you look up the word baptism. It's got the verb, it's got the, the noun form, and then it's got what it means in, in that particular passage. Uh, you know, past perfect, I don't know all that stuff. Uh, but all the different uh, uh, forms of verbs and so on. So that's W.E. Vine. Um, this was May of 73. We've got one a year. Yeah, that's about all we could afford at the time. We bought about one a year. We didn't have any money. And that's even uh, uh, four or five months before Austin was even born. So um, once the kids started coming, then, you know. <laughs> got a little tougher, but uh, that's all good. Um, there's one on Nelson. Uh, I think I mentioned at least the first five. Nelson's uh, complete book of Bible maps and charts, really good. Uh, Zondervan's pictorial Bible dictionary, that's an awfully good one. There are so many commentaries. Um, I didn't bring these, but there's a, he's, he's, he's been dead probably 75 years. This E.M. Zur, it, it's very compact. Two volumes, and some of the newer ones are, are versions are three volumes of the entire Bible. Not a great depth, but it helps when you're looking. And, and you can read all these. I won't. Uh, I won't go over all of them. But and then also for those of you who weren't here, uh, on the very on the second page there, um, where the top says First, Second, Third John by Dan King, uh, uh, commentary of David Hebrew by David Clister. I've got three uh, places where you can find these books, but also Don brought up one. It's called cbd.com, Christian Book Department. Uh, Christian Bible Discount. Christian Bible Discount. cbd.com. Put that on there too. And, and start building, I know a lot of you have this already, but some of you don't. Start building your library. Uh, it's, it's stuff that, that, well, obviously you can keep at least 50 years, almost. Uh, as the old song said back when I wore a younger man's clothes. Uh, you have to know the 60s music to understand that one. But, uh, so that's, that's Bible study. Make a plan. Now make sure you go through that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not baby food. I, I can't just dish it out a bite at a time. But you can at home. It's going to take you a while. It's going to take you a while. But you got to start somewhere, right? Okay. Questions on, on that packet that we had for Wednesday night? Okay, good. Today, um, I had some information, and then Don loaned me um, a Bible. What was it called, Don? The, the one you gave me Wednesday? Uh, inductive Study Bible. Inductive Study Bible. You can look up what inductive means. But I got to reading that, and, and I got I used some of their stuff. You know, the definition of originality is just forgetting where you got it. <laughs> so it's original. Uh, uh, some of it is. A lot of it isn't. I don't think God expects us to be... Uh, 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 Shakespeare and, and be creative and come up with all this stuff makes us use our brain and to use what's available. So I did that. Um, study in the Bible, <clears throat> five W's and an H. 
I never really heard that H one before, but you know the the how, who, what, when, where, why, and then how. For example, you always ask yourself this question, and also before we even get there, in case we run out of time, the last let me do this now. The the last two sheets there, we're going. To, it's an exercise that you. It's a, it's homework. It is homework, and you'll have to spend some time going over this. And I just chose. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 5 as our exercise. I hope it's self-explanatory, but um, develop chapter themes, and I gave you a couple of them there. Uh, list, look for contrast, look, look for comparisons, see what lessons there. And I, I, I gave you a little bit of a jump on, uh, I think I did on some of these, but um, then on the second page, develop themes, uh, look at pertinent words, that kind of thing. So, I don't expect you to get this right the first time, but this week you got uh, today, tonight, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday to to come back on Wednesday night, and we'll probably finish up on next Sunday as well. Uh, this exercise, and it'll give you some idea of how you would, you know, you eat an elephant a bite at a time. You can never, you can't swallow an elephant. That's obvious, but you can eventually eat an elephant if you take it small enough bites, and that's what we're going to do with First Peter five. So, just in case we don't get to that, that's what I want you to do for Wednesday night and probably next Sunday as well. All right. Um, even before I go into this, who, what, where, and all of that, you look down at the bottom there. You see, I've got it underlined and in quotations uh, at a glance chart, at a glance chart. Here's what I mean by that, and this will help you. <clears throat> I just chose the book, it doesn't matter which one. Uh, is that Galatians? I think it is. Alright, here's what an at a glance chart means. Now you can literally type it all up, make it pretty. That's okay. <clears throat> but in every book, I've got um, when it was written. Now you like to kind of look that up and, and I know and I got approximate sign in most of them. Unless it says in the seventh year of King Artaxerxes, you can't get exact. <coughs> but you can get in, in the in the ballgame. I've also got the themes there in, in verses. Like uh, two in verse eight. Is that right, Rowan? Okay. Um, your eyes about as bad as mine. And then I've got another verse there for the theme of, of the book of Galatians. Then I've got over to the side there uh, Acts 13, Acts 16, and. Second journey. Uh, and I've got to read the second journey so that when I go to Galatians, let's see, uh, Galatians is a, is a region. The reason I know that because. That uh, yellow book there, the pictures tell me that's true. Um, and when was the church established uh, in that in that region, that area, the, the churches in the in Galatia, and, and that kind of thing. Uh, so that and that's called a a, a, a look at a, a glance, look at a glance chart kind of a thing. So that and I do that for every book. So that when you start studying, that you've already got a place to start. And uh, you can also write, for example, Paul identifies himself pretty quickly. He's the writer of, of Galatians. 
So I didn't put that up there, but I, you know, we just know that. But uh, so that's that chart that I'm looking at. Um, I, I go over to <coughs> Ephesians. Same kind of thing. Uh, the church, uh, the mystery revealed, is the theme of Ephesians, and about when that was. You know, we, for example, the book of uh, Paul was in Ephesus in what chapter in Acts? You remember? 19. Acts 19. So I've got Acts 19 there. So, about, well, with this book of Ephesians, well, let me go back and read what, what happened in Ephesus uh, before he wrote this book a couple years later, kind of a thing. See, see what I'm doing there? Now, you'll have to get comfortable with the way you want to do it. I'm just saying that that's the way I like to do it. I've got the theme, for example, Ephesians 3, verses 8 through 12, established on the third journey. You know, we know of at least three, Paul, three of Paul's journeys. Right? Um, okay, so <clears throat> the first one was in, you know, in Acts 13, the second one basically in Acts 16, and then the, the end of Acts 18, I call it Acts 19. So 13, 16, 19. First journey, second journey, third journey is the way I kind of remember that. So Ephesus went on third journey. Why? Because it's in Acts 19. So it's just things, that's how my uh, decrepit little mind works sometimes, things that jogs my memory. And you, you can come up with your comfort, what you're comfortable with there too. But that's what I mean when I say uh, an at-a-glance uh, chart. And you can literally have a chart if you like. Have a folder and all of that. And I've got some of those things. But I like to put it here. So if I'm in a Bible study in a, in, a, in, a, in a nursing home, or if I'm in a Bible study in somebody's kitchen, uh, well, I guess I could say, okay, here we go. <laughs> I'm ready for a study. They're going to go, dude, you can leave now. You're scared. <laughs> uh, so you try to make this as portable as you can. Okay. Questions, comments on that? I, that's just me. May not, may not, that may not suit you, but that's okay. That's okay. Did, did you include any of the, like Haley's or the new uh, Unger handbooks? They give you a quick and dirty of that kind of information. No, I, I did not. In, in my, I mean, I, I. There's there's one which is out of publication, and I can't figure out who who bought the copyright. The White House and produced two. What's in the book? And he goes through each book of the Bible in that in that manner. Who, what, where, when, and the applicability. And it's just a, a two or a three pager on each book of the Bible okay. in those. Now, there's a lot of good stuff out there. All over uh, I, I didn't want to overwhelm you with this stuff because you go, well, that's quite intimidating. Well, it can be. It can be. That's why we're having these classes to so we can just eat a bite at a time. Um, I, I, I who was it, Brock, that said last uh, Wednesday night, I think, I've been in the church for 40 years. Yeah, and, and no one's ever done this before. No one's ever got down to these, these levels. I, and, and I've been a Christian since I was 13. I've never had to see them. Now, that's shameful. It really is. So what I want us to do is just, I think it would be good even for teenagers. I was thinking that I, because I've been in the church, you know, 
a lot longer than I can count. <laughs> and this is my first, it was a comprehensive study. Right. And I think teenagers, I think it would be very good. Yeah. I wish I had had it back. Yeah, I, I do too. I really do. And, uh, and of course, I've got this on the website now, or Brian, I asked Brian to put it on the website. And then, you know, maybe it's something we could do with teenagers. But not this whole quarter we went through, but this practical yes. stuff. The theoretical, I like to study theoretical. Uh, I really do. Uh, but but you got to get down, as they say in Texas, you got to get down to the lick log. I don't know what that means. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my boss in Texas, that's what he always say. The idea being, now that's hyperbole, or is that a simile, or is that a metaphor? I don't know. But it's one of those. And the idea is that it's for the sake of emphasis. Sometimes we have to emphasize things, and the Bible's a lot like that. And on page two, I'm going to go over that a little bit with you. So, here's what we always ask ourselves who is doing the speaking? So, there's our little chart again. Let's see, that's Paul in Galatians. And in 1 Peter 5, who's doing the speaking there? Peter. Of course, we know who's doing the speaking the Holy Spirit. God's Holy Spirit. He's revealed all of this to them, but, but you know what I'm saying. Um, who's doing the speaking? Who is this about? Um, who's he talking to? Is he talking to Christians, non-Christians, Jews, Gentiles? Is he talking to an individual? Um, who are the main characters? You'll answer these uh, on, for, your, for your homework assignment on Wednesday. And to whom is he speaking? You know, which we've touched on that. Okay, what? What is the subject or the event being covered? What's the subject of 1 Peter 5? You, I'll ask you to do a theme there. I'll give you just a little bit of a tip. The, Christ suffered. Your brethren are suffering. And guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to suffer too. Now, I gave you a little tip on the theme of 1 Peter 5. He talks about the elders, and we'll talk about that uh, as well. But um, so, what? What? What are we trying to get out of that text? When did this occur? When? Well, we know that it was uh, the apostles were still alive. We know the last apostle died in ninety. 697. We know Jesus went back to heaven at about 33, maybe the middle of 33 AD. So we know it's somewhere in there, just as a time, uh, a ballpark, and we can get more specific than that. So it gives you some idea. When was it, when, where were these events going to occur? Um, did, uh, when did or will something happen to a particular person, people, or nation? You know, Matthew 24. Jesus is talking about, uh, and a lot of people build religions around this. Remember he said that, um, he was talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. But he said there'll be signs and there'll be earthquakes and there'll be pestilence and there'll be all these things. And now we look around in 2019, well there's, there's pestilence and there's earthquakes. He's talking about that. No, he's not. Number one, what would it have meant 2,000 years ago to, to the people there in Jerusalem? wouldn't have meant a thing. So you have to understand, who's he talking to, and when was this supposed to be? What events were coming? See, you see that? And then we ask ourselves, 
has this happened yet? For example, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and 3, and then again over in 2 Thessalonians, it says uh, when, when Jesus comes back, there's going to be a loud shout. There's going to be trumpets blaring. It's going to be a wonderful day if you're ready. It's going to be a terrible day if you're not. Um, okay, when did that happen? Oh, that's right, it hadn't happened yet. So we ask ourselves, when? Some, a lot of these things, most of these things have happened already, uh, but there's some that haven't, so we have to ask ourselves, when did that event occur? Well, that one hadn't occurred yet. But a lot of these events have occurred. Uh, where did it happen? Or, or, or where will this happen? You know, we get into some books, and it hadn't happened yet. Uh, the prophets are saying there's a day coming when this is going to happen. Hasn't happened yet. So when? Where did it happen? Where was it said? Uh, why? A lot of the, in the Old Testament, a lot of the, particularly in the minor prophets, why were why were the minor prophets uh, uh, preaching doom and gloom? Why? Because they liked doom and gloom. <laughs> they were they were sending a message got from God that I'm upset with you people. I'm upset with you. And, and this is what's going to happen if you don't change. They still had time to change in a lot of cases. And they, nope, not going to do that. He said, okay, it still applies to us. He asks us all to change, doesn't he? Uh, we have to repent. We have to do all the things the Bible talks about. Um, but we have to change. And I think that's one of the problems with a lot of these community, mega churches, come as you are, they even advertise that. Well, you can come as you are here, too. Don't stay as you are. Uh, we're expected to change. And we don't take this and modify, uh, or take our lives and modify it to say what we want it to say. God expects us to change. You see that? Now, you don't hear that a lot in the in the communities. Come as you are. Been married seven times. Come as you are. It's okay. Forget Matthew 19. Forget Matthew 5. Those are hard sayings. And we didn't say them. Did we? we didn't write it. I didn't write that. Jesus did. He said, "Yes, it's hard. It is a hard saying." Even the apostles never said, "Well, for, Lord, who can do this then?" He said, "Well, with God, nothing's impossible." He put him first. That, that, that's part of the problem. People don't want to put him first. So, uh, and then the H. How will it happen? How is it this going to be done? How is this illustrated? And then the important, really super important, how does it apply to me? Otherwise, it's theoretical exercise. How does it apply to me? How does it apply to you? That's how we have to view this and read this. How's it apply to me? I get that, but eh, doesn't mean me. Uh, yes, it does. It means you. Now, I made a little note there. Note, don't be concerned. Now, you, the First Peter five is not a problem to find these things, but some. Don't be concerned if you cannot find the answer to each question every single time. The questions don't always apply to every type of literature in the Bible. No way. There's literature in the Bible, different types of literature. Yes, there are. 
I even gave you, uh, I think I did. I gave you a, maybe it was in the other. Uh, remember poetry, yeah. Psalms, uh, a romance, a Song of Solomon. Uh, maybe it was on the other, well, okay, Wednesday night. So you'll have to go back and, and look at that. But there are different types of literature in the Bible. Man couldn't have written this. Number one, the book wouldn't fit in this room. And number two, the cohesive nature of this, there's no way. We can't agree that it's hot today. A lot of people can. Um, so uh, to me, that's another, another, another reason why we know this book is from God. It's consistent. Um, the message is consistent for 1,500 years when all this was being written and so on. All right. So um, mark key words and phrases. Now Don brought, uh, in case you weren't here Wednesday night, some um, uh, liquid markers that don't bleed through. Got them on Amazon, I believe. Amazon. And there's also markers. These I call them dry for the almost like a uh, a crayon kind of a thing. And <clears throat> sometimes when you get in a now I, I've got different colors, but I, I like the I like the yellow, and I'll highlight um, uh, themes and that kind of thing because when we were in Africa for almost a month. We were on the spot. You had to be quick on your feet because it was after all the stuff was. We had Q and A. Now, if you want to start sweating, have a, a 200 people start asking you questions, and you, I'm afraid you don't have time for your for your app. Number one, the app don't work in Sierra Leone. <laughs> they don't know what an app even means. Um, so, you want to write the. As I mentioned Wednesday night, write in this Bible. The, the words are holy, but you can write in your Bible. And I usually have, have, a, have a trail. For example, I'll have a verse here, which leads me to another verse. Guess what I'll have there? Another verse written down that leads me to another one on a certain topic. Now, that's just me. I like that. So mark it up. Mark it up. It's not uh, a family heirloom. Well, maybe it could be uh, with your some of the, some of my old Bibles. I've got you know uh, Johnsons and Ashlock from 200 years ago, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But you use this. Shouldn't be dust on it. It's not a coffee table thing. Oh yeah, that's it. I got this from Ryan Goodwin. You know, if you're watching Ryan, I'll give you credit for this. It's real simple. Um, for example, I've got uh, the orange is the Pentateuch. The the blue um, is the uh, Minor Prophets. What is it? Major, maybe. I don't know. May I forget? I don't know. That's good. <laughs> I think it is the Major Prophets. You're right. Yeah, I'm sorry. And this, that's why you're married. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> The red one is the minor prophet. So, you know, you start getting over in Hosea, and let's see, well, I'll just go to the red, and then, and then, and then I can find where I need to go. So, uh, that's Ryan Good. Thank, thank you, Ryan. Come, do what's comfortable and, and convenient for you. But there's a lot, a lot of good stuff. I wish I'd have known about 40 years ago what he's saying, but some of it you just, have, you just learn over time. So you mark keywords and phrases. 
look for lists. 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 Um, where there's a sequence of words. Look, 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 look for those things. Look for lists. Uh, watch for, and I ask you to do this on your exercise, look for contrasts and comparisons. In, in education, they use a lot of that, don't they? Compare and contrast. It makes you get to thinking. Compare and contrast. And you'll be doing that in, in 1 Peter 5. Note any expressions of time. You know, it's not going to have a year there, unless it's like we mentioned with some of the kings and all, but look for expressions of time. Identify words and terms. Identify words and terms. Now, if you don't know what they mean, hello, there we go. Words and terms. Um, and I'm going to ask you to ask you to do uh, some of those words for, for Wednesday night and, and for next Sunday. And then uh, look for chapter themes. I like a chapter, I like a book theme. But a lot of times, chapters have themes, too. So write that above, you know, chapter 2. <coughs> write, write, write this. But then on, the, on your chart at the beginning, put the overarching theme. They use that term somewhere. Mike, <laughs> just real quick. A lot of the Bibles will have headings for your chapter. Mm -hmm. Don't go with those. They're okay. What is your theme? What do you yeah. get out of it? And write That's it. right. I, I've got some old Bibles, I'm sure you do. And you wrote this theme in it and you go, why did I write this? <laughs> <laughs> yes. But at the time, that's what it meant to me. That's yeah. what I was concerned That's about. an excellent point. You know, so, and you look at those Bibles, and a lot of them I just carry forward. Hey, that was a topic. If, if I'm going to teach somebody at age 22, that, that might be something they want to know about. No, that's a really good point. I appreciate you saying that. Um, and just like Ryan, uh, Ryan, oh my, got Ryan on my brain, uh, uh, Sean's lesson this morning, and we've all studied Joseph, and that's fine. We all know the story of the little guys, it's you know, the coat of many colors and all that. <coughs> but what does it mean to you and me? And while he only had three or four points, I love that because I can go home three days from now and remember that lesson. You throw 132 passages at me, I can't remember all of them. But I can remember that. And I can remember what the lesson was for me. God sees all. And sometimes we, we think we can think something or get away with something or say something. Maybe we can. What's, what's the judgment say? Every... Every idle word shall be brought into judgment. Now that, that, that's, that scares me sometimes. And that's when you repent of every idle word. Say, so I'm sorry I said that. Um, so anyway, what does, how does it apply to me? I always ask myself that question. Some people call it the so what moment. So what? Da 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 45 minutes. So what? So what? What does it mean to me? We have to ask ourselves that. Does that make sense at all? Now, I didn't say it's comfortable. Sometimes we hit that so what moment and go, uh-oh, I need to do better. I need to change a little bit. That's what this is. It's an agent of change. Okay, we got all of that. Questions or comments on the five W's and the H and all my little caveats down at the bottom. We're all we're all good there. Okay.
some general rules of Bible interpretation. <clears throat> Very important. Remember that context rules. Now somebody tell me what context means in your word. Y'all don't have to have Webster, but context. Where it's written. What it's written about. Okay, what it, surrounding, yeah, surrounding. the surrounding yeah. verses. The what's surrounding. it written about? Yes. Who's it written to? Yes, all of those. The, the general time frame. Who's it written to? We're back to our five W's in the age. Uh, all the circumstances. The circumstances. Circumstances. With each verse, there is a complete thought. It's not just the verse. What is the complete thought that that verse is written into? No, that's right. Um, you know the best, what's the best commentary on the Bible? The Bible. And let's just say you're at, you're at verse 4 and verse 5, you know, it says what it says. And you go, hey, how would you, what would the context be there? What would you do next? If you're going, I'm not quite sure what that means. Back up and Back continue up. on. And keep going. That's context. A text, I've used this before, but a text uh, taken out of context is nothing more than a pretext. You have to look that up and think about that one. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. Uh, June. I think when you're reading verses like that, key words, therefore, mm -hmm. because, and yes. kind of don't stop, but you know, next one because. No, no, that's right. Therefore, you have to look and see what's it there for, as Ken used to say. And the therefore in Romans chapter 12 covers everything from chapter 1 to 11 as a context. Yep. Yeah. So context is critical. Um, consider each verse in light of the surrounding verses. I won't get into all this. Question. Is my interpretation of a particular section of Scripture consistent with the theme, purpose, and structure of the book? So if you come up with a conclusion, or you think you do, but it's not consistent with that passage or chapter or book, you might want to go back and look. You, you, may, be, you may be off there. You may be trying to say something that the Bible doesn't say. Trail of, <coughs> trail of verses comes in handy because people, way too many people, saved by grace. Well, we are. But you need that trail of verses. You do. You do. You do. Um, number two, our time, we've only got five minutes, so I'm going to have to kind of skip. But I want you guys to read this. This is, this is really good stuff. Um, do not accept a teaching simply because someone has used it before and said something. And that includes me. That especially includes me. Don't take me, don't take my word for it. But if it's you can find it here, then you need to take my word for it, if it's here. Or whoever's doing the talking. Um, remember the scripture will never contradict scripture. It will never do that. What's the implication toward God if that's true? It's almost like he's sitting on his throne and you're going, I, God going, oh, I didn't, I didn't think of that one. <laughs> Never. 
Well, that happened. He's thought of it. So if we're coming up with contradictory things, one of us or both of us is wrong. We cannot be right. Two people cannot be right on the subject. Uh, one of us is wrong or both of us are wrong. But we're not both right. Can't be. Because it, 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 it's a poor reflection on God. He didn't know what He was doing. And that we're not capable of understanding. He says, oh, you're capable of understanding. Um, don't base your conviction on an obscure passage. Uh, people leaving next door and, uh, and other religions, uh, they'll come up with an obscure passage that just flies in the face of everything through the Bible and they'll build a religion around that. You can't do that. You, you don't do that. That's that's a general rule, and these these rules are any Bible, true Bible scholar is going to agree with these these rules of interpretation. Now, number five, I hope I get through this one. Um, <clears throat> interpret Scripture literally, unless the Scripture does not allow it to be literal. But it's always literal. The book is not some mystic based on some uh, Far Eastern mystic religion. You take it what it says at face value unless the context says that you can't. Now remember, under uh, either figures of speech, hyperbole, hyperbole uh, um, for the sake of emphasis, uh, is to get your attention. Remember when Jesus uh, talked, I should have put that in there. Remember when Jesus was talking about Herod, John the Baptist, uh, uh, apostles, if you will, disciples came to him and talked about Herod. And he said, you go tell that fox. This is Jesus talking. You go tell that fox. And he goes on to talk about it. Herod a fox? For the sake of emphasis, what was Jesus using? He was using hyperbole and that kind of thing. What are foxes? Sly, <laughs> cunning, <laughs> sneaky, quick, quick. Quick red fox jumping, never mind. Um, that's what we used to type in typing class. Um, paradox. Yeah, paradox. Use your life to save it. Yeah. Yeah, paradox. Wait, yeah, you mean I have to. Jesus said you have to lose your life in order to save it. Wait, what? Paradox. So, for the sake of emphasis, all, the, all these things. So, you have to be careful there. Now, the Bible, we take it literal, but here it's not a fox. In that particular instance, you, you, you see that. Okay, so um, hyperbole, similes, metaphors, something that stands for something else in a dramatic way. Um, in, po in poetry, you're going to find more similes and metaphors, that kind of thing. The history, you're not, because history is pretty much history, the way it is. So, so you see the type of literature you're reading there. And there's my literary styles. I thought I had it on the... Um, I look for the single. I might have had it on the other one too. All right, we sort of semi got through it, and I apologize for not letting you talk more. But we're going to talk Wednesday night. Y'all going to talk? Uh, so do your homework. I'll be taking them up, giving you a grade. God gives you your grade. Remember when you said He's watching? God gives you your grade. Thank you.